This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Whakatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed, especially as it's Easter holidays. Whoop, whoop. Jack will be all better from having the COVID. Yep, Jack, um, I got a friend of mine picked out my grocery order yesterday, which contained one entire bag full of chocolate things ready for his, I think, will be his last Easter egg hunt because he's 12 now. I don't know how much longer I can keep pushing that out for. Oh, well, don't be like that. Until he's like 50. <laughs> until he I leaves home. So. <laughs> well, my eldest son, David, he's 33 now. The last time he was home, he participated in an Easter egg hunt. So. I love how Sam and I are like, what? Why would you stop <laughs> 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 So, who are we introducing today, Moira? It is my absolute great pleasure to introduce Jason Locker. Jason is someone in our community who is, I don't know, transformation and Jason Locker go together like a hand in a glove, really. He makes things happen in our community. Uh, recently uh, received a Community Hero Award through the New Zealander of the Year Awards, should have won the whole blooming thing. Uh, he uh, has done an, um, he's doing some amazing work in mental health at the moment, supporting uh, the mental health of people in our community, especially small business people. Um, he, th- there is a huge list of things that you're doing, Jason, and all of it is good. So Thank welcome, you. and thanks for coming back to see us again. Thank you for having me. Welcome back, Jason. How We asked you before how your bubble life was, and of course that's now turned into history. So I think we talked to you in like the first six months of the show, so it must have been not long after the first the first lockdown. How did it we go after that? It's, it's been good. Um, I feel like New Zealand has um, come out of this the best that we can, and um, now that Delta's gone and we're living with Omicron, I think people are starting to – to go out more, um, retail seems to be increasing, hospitals increasing, um, and people are feeling more comfortable getting back to whatever normal life they used to live before. Um, yeah, before before we started hitting um, Delta. Um, yeah, Delta really. That was that was the turning point for us, I think. How did your your business go? Were you able to to meet people face to face? Well, you were in the in the in the gaps. We don't have a name we for the lucky, bits between. Um, we don't have a name for the bits between the the lockdowns, do we? The the, 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 the not bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been we've been lucky, and um, we can work from home. We can work from the office. Um, obviously, things like Teams um, and um, Zoom have really helped us. We sort of just started last this month coming back into face to face meetings with clients in our office. 
uh, before that we were going out to, to businesses and, and talking to them one-on-one -on -one in their office. So it's definitely been a learning curve about how to work remotely. And has the, has the work changed? I suppose the question is, is, is how has COVID affected your work with businesses? I think um, up to this point this year, it's been pretty much business as usual. I think this year businesses are going to hurt. So these uh, drafts, um, the small business loan from the IRD, all these things are starting to hit us now. And I think even with, uh, with um, increased spending, a lot of the stats that are coming out um, are showing that we've got increased spending on last year, but the spending's in, inflationary and it's targeted. So it's more around transport and food. So even though the data seems to show us that things are really increasing, uh, in comparison to last year, I think it's almost a bit of a false positive. The this is going to be the hard year for businesses. Um, we've got the IRD's cash flow loans coming um, to fruition, so we've got to start paying interest. Our overdrafts are starting to increase, and our term loans are getting repaid. It's been a two years of uncertainty, of two years of not quite knowing what's going to happen, and that's the nature of a pandemic, a global pandemic, that we don't know what's going to happen. And we've seen quite a lot of calls for businesses for wanting certainty. And some businesses have recognised that that's not possible, but uh, you you can see why they want it. But is that uncertainty, is, is two years of it been, been like too much? Is, if... It's definitely um, industry by industry. So if you're looking at engineering and a lot of those other sort of, um, sort of core industries, um, agriculture, they're all pretty good. Um, it's anything that's to do with town centres, hospo, um, tourism, uh, those people are really struggling and, and they're trying to balance keeping their staff uh, because these businesses have great staff and they want to be loyal, um, but they're also having to balance that with their own financial pressures. So it, it's definitely been a long winter and we've been in the unique position of having Fakadi as well as COVID uh, here in Fakatani. So businesses, um, see, there's a couple of tourism businesses here that will most likely not make winter. When you're working with businesses like that, do you maintain a sort of a positive outlook? I suppose, do you have to have that positive mindset to be in business in the first place? Absolutely, you have to have that positive mindset. And that's part of our own leadership in the community is we have to go out there no matter what. Um, we've got to put the smiles on. We've got to, you know, keep people engaged. And what we need to do is provide them with tools. So the tools are things like cash flow forecasting, business continuity planning, um, you know, how do we get through this? How do we plan to get through it? And for most people, pandemic is something that's so new that even sort of the rules around forecasting are really hard to sort of figure out. So the good thing that we've got is that we have got historical data now because we're in year, basically, basically in year three. Um, and the other thing that we're seeing now is that the vaccine passes are dropped. People are feeling comfortable being in groups. Um, people are used to wearing masks. Um, I feel like we're starting to see town centres um, get more vibrancy. And, and what I mean by vibrancy is there's cars, there's cyclists, there's people out. Um, the, the talk from the business owners in, in those areas are that they're starting to see more foot traffic. And obviously with foot traffic comes sales. And so what we can do is we can have a baseline model based on last year and the, la the year before that. And we can start doing incremental increases by 10, 15% over quarters. Um, which gives people that hope as well that they can keep staff going, they can keep their businesses going, 
and it actually gives them that sense of um, purpose again because you know if, if you can't see what's coming and everything's dire why are we in business when we talked last time the talk was all about transformations and pivots and new business models as people were were looking at how well, we're looking at the purpose of their business and is there alternative ways of delivering that kind of that kind of value have are you seeing that those sorts of things have gotten legs have people actually made new business models and new products or whatever out of that that time some businesses have but i would have to say the majority of businesses is business as usual uh, especially in provincial Whakatane is a perfect example. Uh, we've got the Whakatane Virtual Mall. We've got all the digital websites all throughout our town centre. Um, people still want to come into town. Um, so I think the best advice I can give most people is that um, we greet every customer like they're a celebrity. Make people feel like they're loved. Make people remember that experience when they're coming into your store. You know, hi, Jason, how are you? Um, there's a couple of stores in town who are great because my wife and I will go shopping. My wife will look at something um, and they'll remember it because when it comes to birthdays or anniversaries or Christmas, I can walk into those stores and say, what was it my wife was looking at? And they're like, this is what she was looking at. And it takes me five minutes to impress my wife. Um, but I couldn't do it without the local retailers. Um, and that's one of the things I really love about Fakatani is we have a whole lot of small boutique and niche um, businesses. They're one of a kind. We don't have um, many chain stores. And I feel like the community engagement in Whakatane in some businesses is probably exceptional and there's probably some learning in others. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have LAB in the air. Why this one? Oh, we have to support local. And what a brilliant song.
Jason, we are on radio, so the people listening can't see your T-shirt, but it says, I am hope. And there's a variation on that on the wall behind you. What's that about? Uh, so we did a um, um, an event with Mike King last year for, no, last year, year before, uh, for business owners in Pakatani, And that was really when the pandemic really had us. Um, and it was just having somebody come to Whakatani that's, um, that's engaging and talk about mental health in a way that um, allows people to have those conversations. Um, so up there, which viewers can't see, um, it's a signed hoodie that uh, Mike King auctioned off. So we had two of those auctioned off. Um, and in total, our complete um, event raised about $35,000 for Mike King and the I Am Hope um, initiative. Wow. And the thing on the wall beside that is the New Zealander of the Year Community Hero Award. That well was, done. Um, <laughs> that was definitely a nomination from somebody in this room. So um, thank you so much. It, I was so surprised. It's had this little box and you open it and it was like a little presentation in a box. It was um, it was quite amazing, actually. So, Moera, what um, did he do to deserve that? There was, there was a, there's a long list of things he did to deserve that, but um, the thing that made me really want to find some way to acknowledge Jason was that at the beginning of the pandemic, when we had just got through Fakari, we just got through Edgecombe, and then the pandemic hit, and Jason did an extraordinary thing when he started a, a couple of different pages on Facebook that brought our business community together. And um, you could see that the anxiety and the stress and the strain, you could see the impact on relationships, the impact on families, and um, that we could have lost so much in this community but that connection that Jason created I think is what kept us going businesses were able to um, pre-sell product for when uh, when we were back up and running again uh, able to um, uh, send out vouchers um, it was the beginning of the online stores uh, it was yeah, it was an extraordinary extraordinary thing that he and Michaela came up with one day um, that turned into the thing that saved our business community, really. And then aside from that, there's all the free courses that Jason runs. And there's all the fundraising that Jason does. <laughs> but, I have such a cool team behind me. Um, I find it really hard um, taking credit for a lot of it because, you know, we have Epic, which is one of the groups that help us put together with the mall. Um, that's a group of about 10 board members and I think 143 business owners. Um, the business spread, there's three of us and there's 700 odd in our group. Um, it's definitely everything we do, we do with a team because it's it's nothing that I can do by myself. Um, and it comes from having 9,000 odd people in Whakatani Matters and it's just a really cool way of giving back to the community really. Do you know what I've noticed, Jason, um, is that I don't think I've ever seen you with a frown. And I know that as an accountant, you've got many reasons to frown <laughs> and be very worried a lot of the time. Yet, whenever I see you, you know, you when, when people don't know you're looking at them, you can see a lot about how they're feeling, but you're usually smiling. And I you try. Never... <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely try. Um, it's not much to be too stressed about in, in my life or in a lot of people's lives. And the way we look at things is the way that we interpret them. And so 
um, there's a couple of things I've learned is that what goes on in your head, you can either talk to yourself like you're your friend or you can talk to yourself as your, your enemy. Um, I try and talk to myself like I'm my own friend. And I know that sounds a bit weird. Um, and the other thing is that, um, you know, having the groups around me, there's um, two ways of looking at it. You can either have growth or you can have control. Um, and for me, it's about leadership. We were always taught that leadership is this sort of structure where there's people at the top and it comes down, 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 down. But for me, it's actually leaders aren't at the top. They're in the mix with everybody else. And we talk to and, and, and we bring together the talents that we don't have. Um, so my talent is um, hopefully, well, I believe it is, is building relationships with people and um, just being able to just add my own little style of things, which um, some people appreciate and, and some people don't. The whole sage on the stage leadership model, um, that, that's just got to go. Eh? And I, I've noticed that even in academia, I mean, I know that's where the term comes from is academia, but, but I see that style of leadership in our business community as well. And I just think, wow, when do we actually start moving past that and realise that our leaders lead from the middle? You know, that, that's the place to be. How do we get those the sages on the stage to come off their perch and actually stand amongst the people and be part of the pack? I think it's remembering that it's a business community. And that's what it's about. It's a community. Like we all have a, a place in this community to work together. And if we don't, then we don't learn from each other. No, I, I'm a chartered accountant. I've got oh, no, far too many years experience as a chartered accountant. I've got 650 odd client groups. I don't know half of what all my clients know. You, you put those guys into a room together. Um, and, and that's why the business spread is so powerful. Um, is that it's a group of people who are motivated in helping each other. And it's just such a joy to be part of. The other thing I've noticed observing your practice is that people want to be with you. Like I look at um, like Virginia, we, we interviewed Virginia, um, probably one of the first people that we interviewed was. Uh, She's Virginia. amazing, that woman. She is from La Vita magazine. And um, I just know that she is in your fan club as well. And, you know, like you, there's a whole lot of us who look at you and we just want to work with you. What is it? What's the reason? I, I wish I knew. Um, we have a couple of core principles in our business. And um, the first one is relationships. No, no matter what happens, it's what is the best thing for this relationship. Um, and I can tell you that even in business at that stage the best thing is that we exit the client because nobody's doing either um, a favor but if we come back to relationships it's about how do we work together and partner and get the best outcomes and sometimes that means that there's not a fee sometimes there is a fee um, and with that also is a duty to the community where we we believe that we should be giving back um, as, as much as we can um, and sometimes to the detriment of our families, <laughs> funnily enough. Um, it, I don't know. Um, I was definitely not the cool guy at school. Um, I, I'm just myself, and some people it resonates with, and some people it doesn't. We probably have a low average age um, in terms of our business um, of accountants. I don't know. We're there for people from the beginning, and we're there for people at the end. You just, it's relationships and the whole thing is built on relationships. 
you might not have been the cool guy at school. I don't know. I'm a lot older than you, and I wasn't at school with you. But you sure are. You are the cool guy now. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I saw. Um, I saw a a phrase, a, a Rayo phrase, um, and I apologise. I have to pull it up. Um, and it's it's about relationships, and it's created through um, shared experiences and working together, and provides people with a sense of belonging. And I just, um, it just resonates so much with me is that's how we try and build our business. So we're always asking for feedback from our team, from our clients. And if we don't work on that, we start to become irrelevant to people or even a problem. And accountants are often seen as a cost. So if you're not a business partner, you're a cost. So how do we business, how do we have relationships with people? How do we partner with people? Um, and, and, you know, take the business away. That's how I like to work in the community as well, is that, you know, can I add value in the community? Um, and I heard a saying that somebody will do it. And then I was waiting for someone to do it. And then one day you realize that you are someone. And so you have to do it. Very wise words. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favorite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi kia koutou, ko ho. I hope you're all having stayed superstars in your beloved universes. I really hope wherever you are, whatever's happening around this journey that we're on together is proving to be favourable, very sustained and illuminating for you more and more. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique and here, making things. Thank you. Now I know that for all of us over the last two years we've had to learn so many new ways of doing being. We've had to call upon our really deep inner reserves of patience and kindness, of humility and compassion in dealing with ourselves and others as we navigate new terrains together. For myself I really enjoyed seeing how I can help those around me all the life that I encounter. I feel so grateful to encounter so many different forms of life. And of course, not only directly interacting, but experiencing love and support at a disc with people and living beings all over the world. Something that we have the greatest capacity for and that we really enjoy is feeling ourselves loving. And so when we can give ourselves the gift of this beautiful state of being of course it's so healing and calming for us especially at a time of uncertainty and unrest we've often been in states of fight or flight or a prolonged state of anxiety with the uncertainty that surrounds us but just as the center of the hurricane is calm as peaceful so too are we and this peace is always available for us and this peace is very loving so when we can really care for ourselves be kind to ourselves allow ourselves to journey into this loving peace whether it's by being in nature or doing some form of exercise that you really enjoy talking with someone you love looking after your beautiful animal companions, whatever it is. It's different for everybody. 
I really hope that for you, you're finding these ways to connect with that calm in the centre at this time. I'm very grateful, of course, to have my beautiful cat, Hastings, and to be able to connect with the other living beings at the eco-sanctuary, like Waimari, the eel. And having these connections really strengthen and affirm my sense of the oneness that we are all part of that connects all life and fundamentally that is love and love is the generating force for life and for new creations for new eruptions into being so I really hope at this time as well you are allowing yourself to feel a sense of the new and the possible arising a sense of hope and a sense of new adventures awaiting you because they are so of course for me being part of the show is very helpful recalibrating and reordering my thoughts these five minutes i really hope that they're helpful for you certainly really really helped me over this time so i want to say a big thank you sam and the whole blowing bubbles team for having me and i'll talk with you again soon thanks so much kakite you're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Jason Locker. Jason, through the um, Business Matters page, I think it must be, uh, I've been watching you um, offering all sorts of free courses um, in how to read a balance sheet, how to create a budget, all that kind of stuff. What's motivated that? Because, you know, accountants don't generally give stuff away. <laughs> Well, I do it because um, we're going through a time where people need the help. And if we can help people in um, groups, um, it means that for every hour that I can give, it potentially gives 20 hours worth of help. Um, you know, this morning we had uh, cash flow forecasting and how to build a cash flow from your zero reports so you don't have to have any fancy add-ons. There was probably 10 or 15 businesses in that. Um, I've had a couple of follow-ups with people since. Again, it's just about giving people the tools that they can work through the, the last of this pandemic. Um, and then I'll probably just go back to being Jason, who you hardly hear of, hopefully. I, I can't see that happening. <laughs> I would suggest that. Oh, that I can. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I, um, I resigned from a position I had um, last week. And when we were evaluating my position on it, uh, my wife said, you can either carry on with what you're doing or you can come home and spend more time with your family. And I think that's probably the thing that suffered in my life over the last couple of years is that um, the, the time I get to spend with my family and I try and do my work, my, my pro bono sort of work or the community work between the hours of four and six in the morning and when my kids are going to sleep. So I'll be laying beside them on the bed while they're sleeping or going to sleep and I'm on my phone, I'm typing stuff up, or I'm organizing events or, or whatever with the teams that I have with me. Um, but it's something that um, even if you're not necessarily working on it at the time, it's the thought process in your head. And sometimes you can be with people, but not with them as well. And I think that's the biggest thing I've learned. Um, and what I'm learning um, and my struggle is how do I disconnect from everything and just be present with my family? Um, and that's where, when I say I want to go back to just being Jason, that's probably the main motivation is that at some stage, 
my role in, in this, what I feel like I can give will come to an end in terms of I've given what I feel is a reasonable amount of myself. Um, and then it's about disconnecting from it. How do we enable, because I, I know exactly what you mean, because that's, that's been one of my challenges in life as well. You give and you give and you give because there's always people that need giving too and there's never enough people who are willing to give. So how do we enable that next generation of people who replace us? so that we can actually just go, right, I've done my bit, it's your turn now. It's about our teams, and I'm hoping that um, there's a couple of people here who, um, in my teams, that will carry on. So one of the things we're doing at the moment is that the business spread is we're applying for a charitable status, and so hopefully we can get some funding and um, donations through there, and we can actually have a coordinator. So it's gone from being something that's quite um, time consuming in your personal life to having a coordinator who can actually run it. We have to use technology. Um, technology is definitely the key to being able to balance these things. Um, and then we've got to give people that same idea that um, somebody's going to do it, but at some stage uh, we need somebody there. And, oh. and who is that somebody? I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, there's so many things I've got my fingers in at the moment from trying to help that um, at some point we have to start pulling back as well and, and care for ourselves. Here, here. Jason, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last couple of years. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Whew. That's a big question. What's going to stick? I hope um, the sense of community is going to stick. I think, if anything, I hope that um, the connections that people have made during this process, um, and I'm talking about the stuff that I can see and not necessarily society in itself, I hope they continue. Um, we've got the business community is probably one of the strongest that I've seen in quite a long time around Fakatani, And I'm talking about um, all businesses, but in particularly the sort of retail um, epic space. And I'm hoping that those connections with the new people coming through just get stronger um, and we all work together to just make this town the best place it possibly can be. Do you think we can learn anything from the pandemic for the bigger sorts of problems we we face as society? And I'm thinking of things like climate change or social injustice. Ooh, um, I guess uh, working from home and those sorts of things are uh, a little bit more mainstream. Um, but when we're looking at provincial New Zealand again, most of the people want to get back in their cars and they want to get back to work. I'm one of them. I, I live 25, 30 minutes out of town. I drive my diesel into town every day. Um, social injustice, I, it's a really hard one because when you try and fix one problem, it creates another and I think potentially as a society we're looking at the wrong things because um, we always blame um, poverty for instance for crime and those sorts of things but what are the key factors of what causes poverty and giving people potentially more funding to get out of poverty doesn't fix the problem we actually have to go back to the 
the top of the cliff and have a look at, at what's causing it. So what's causing the poverty? What's causing the drug dependence? What's causing um, you know, domestic violence? Those sorts of things. Somehow, and I don't know what that is, it's way above my pay grade, we have to unwrap those things for us to be able to fix those things. Um, raising minimum wage, raising benefits, great in theory, but the problem is that with raising costs, it, we just have the spiral that's, um, you know, inflation's crazy at the moment. Um, the true problem here is actually unraveling what's caused it, not trying to mask what, what the outcome is. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have Somewhere Over the Rainbow. We're going to have Israel Kamaki Viole's version. Why this one? I just heard it at the end of a movie one time and it's stuck in my head. All of, I just love it. It's just such a neat song.
often hopefulness is sometimes in short supply. Um, as we know in this community, it, it can be a difficult space that we occupy. Where does your hopefulness come from and how is it that you're able to share it with others in the most beautiful, effective way that you do? Um, I guess I've lived quite a lucky life, to be honest. I'm surrounded by a great team um, and I'm talking about my day-to-day -day business team. Uh, we have I think 15 accountants here in Fakatani, and we handpicked them right from the beginning. Um, we have such a great team culture. I enjoy coming to work. The people in the business groups that we work with, whether it be Epic, uh, the Chamber, Business Spread, all amazing people. Um, I just feel like as leaders, we have to go out every day and we have to give everybody our best. Um, we have to make sure, though, that we don't give everybody else our best and then come back. Um, home and give our family just the rest and that's the thing that really we have to well, I I struggle with is that um, you know balancing that so hopefulness comes from you know just your experience in life I guess um, I'm I'm extremely lucky I'm a, I've got a beautiful family um, I, I'd have nothing to complain about really and so being able to give back to the community in any way I can it it's just another thing that makes that even better for me. That is a very good answer. <laughs> it all comes back to family, really, relationships. As well as hopefulness, the, which which we ha we do have at times in this community, and it's people like you definitely who are who are driving that, and I appreciate that. But the other thing I think is missing is this critical thinking. Um, as an approach to new information, there seems to be an absence of critical thinking. And I wonder if that's something that you encounter uh, in the businesses that you work with. Um, is it something that you're observing in the community through the online engagement? I definitely think that there's been a period where people have um, put their head in the sand a little bit with businesses. And I think that comes back to, I think Samuel's, one of Samuel's first questions is, how do you actually forecast what's going to happen in the future now? You know, we've had a couple of years of just the unknown. How do you see past the unknown? And that's where I think different people will give a different interpretation of, of what I'm about to say is that there'll be some people who can see into the future and it's not necessarily 100% we will get to, but I think that we need to start putting the pieces together as, as a community so people can start to see the way out of it. So critical thinking is a hard one, and it depends in what context you're talking about, but I, there is critical thinking. It's almost a lack of information that's the confusing part for people. So how do we get raw information? And that is talking to people, mm. asking them questions collating that data um, you know that's the only way that we can really critically reflect on our own thinking and also what the future looks like hmm. I agree but I think too often um, we critically reflect on what we perceive to be reality um, and even in my own business I can tell you that there's been periods over the last couple of years where I thought we were doing better than what we were with our relationships and when you start asking your own clients and they say, hey, we haven't heard from you in a few months, um, it's it's a hard thing to, to think about. It's like, actually, this guy's right. We we 
we pride ourselves in relationships and it's been six months, eight months since we've talked, you know, how are we um, keeping our side of that partnership going? You have to stop. Big team hui. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? We're just going through it right now. And the team are saying we haven't lived up to our own expectations and building relationships. And when your team is saying that, it's really cool because they're pulling you up as a leader um, and they're pulling themselves up and they're making themselves accountable. So critical thinking isn't necessarily what you're thinking, but it's actually a collective of critical thinking that actually is the right way of trying to address it. I think that's that makes sense. the answer. That, yep. that makes really good sense. And critical thinking is not about being negative. It is about seeing those those positive things, but being realistic about them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes it is negative. You know, that's just the way life is. Um, but you've got to figure out, you know, the, the past eight months hasn't been what we thought it was going to be. We haven't lived up to our own core values within our business um, in some respects and, and a lot we have. Um, you know, it's easy to change. Let's call everybody. See what they're up to. Hey, it's Jace. I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, you know, what's going on for you? Um, it's as easy as when we send out our questionnaires. Hey, we just sent out a questionnaire. How's things been? It's really simple steps to go forward, but you can't understand it unless you know what the problem is. Hmm. Doesn't even resonate with you. It's just something that's not there. Let's go with the questions to end the show. Jason, what's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? My family. Absolutely my family. I've got um, uh, a lovely wife. I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And it's just been so neat seeing those, especially my the, the two kids, um, especially my eldest boy, just learning so much at the moment um, and being able to give them some of the support where I, I can. Um, we all have different skill sets as parents and I think we beat ourselves up a bit too much sometimes um, and I'm definitely not perfect but you know, hopefully I can teach my kids how to build relationships with people how to think about their own actions how to be a contributing member of society those are the sorts of things that make me proud we are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. You've got a plaque on the wall that says so. What's your superpower? What's got you into the mansion? Ah, <laughs> oh, just not taking myself seriously. Um, an example of that is the, the funny thing. Um, it's the business spread. There's two reasons why it's called the business spread. The first is that somebody suggested it's a good name to transition to. And the second one is that abbreviates to the bullshit. Um, and really that's all it is. It's just a bunch of people getting together and sharing their, their time and just having some time out from, from work, from their businesses, from their lives and just connecting. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? No. Not at all. I just consider myself to be somebody who enjoys helping people. And I don't think, um, I, I don't know what an activist really is, because I think in our own right, we all have a cause. And sometimes um, sticking up for a cause is called activism. Um, and sometimes it's called, you know, 
being a hero or, or there's all sorts of con you know, ways of explaining it. And I just think for me, um, activist would not be something I'd call myself. Um, it's pretty mainstream what we do. And all we're trying to achieve is just connecting people. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? I, this sounds terrible. I, I grew up pretty poor. Um, and I grew up in a, in a family that um, was just a blue collar and nothing wrong with it. I, I get up every day to give my family the childhood I didn't have. So um, I work extremely hard and my family benefits from it. I'm doing it to give them the future that I didn't start with. So what is the biggest challenge or opportunity that you're looking forward to in the next year or two? I'm settling down into normality, whatever that is. So what does post-COVID look like? And I know that when we say post-COVID, it's not that COVID's disappeared. It's the mindset about being scared about it that we need to start moving through and making sure that we're living with it in a sustainable manner where people aren't at risk. Um, and when I say people, it's not necessarily just their health, but their businesses, their mental health, um, all sorts of things. So, you know, that's really exciting. You know, what does that look like for us? And, and how do we... How do we engage with each other that we all feel comfortable going back to you know what life used to be like whatever that was is it a business as usual or is it a business as, as something else for us it's business as usual absolutely um but it's going back to how we used to do business and again it's the a lot of the um, work that we did over the last couple of years is is about sustaining businesses through periods of time um, we want to get back into that growth space with our clients and, um, and, and we love seeing them grow. We love seeing businesses come from nothing to, you know, one of my biggest success stories is a company that I sit on um, and it went from six employees to 84 in three years, four years. Um, and that's through COVID. Well, um, it's obviously not um, an industry that was affected by COVID, but these are the sorts of success stories I like being part of. So I like being part of that growth wave. Um, once we get to sort of the, the stagnant phase of business, I get a bit bored. And so, yeah, we, we've got a really cool team. So we've all got different skill sets here. So some are good at the start of it, some are good at during it, and some are good at the end of it. I like the, the growth and the engagement phase, and um, that's where I just want to keep playing. So business as usual for me. Are we prepared for whatever the next disruption is? I think we have to be now. Um, and I think, I hope if businesses and people have got anything out of it is to have some money in the in the bank uh, for a rainy day fund. And it could be as little as putting five or 10% aside every month. Um, but just have it there, you know, stop chasing shiny things for a little bit. Let's get some money in the bank and just be prepared just in case something goes wrong. Uh, Whakatani has been hit quite hard. We've had uh, flooding, we've had um, you know, Fakari, we've had COVID, we've had you know, just about everything you can throw at us. Um, and most of the businesses around here are still going. So you can't beat us, but we just have to be prepared for the next one. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? 
You can choose control or you can choose growth. You can't have both. So what I mean by that is that the groups that I'm with, um, they all work. People put in the effort. It's not about me. It's about everybody. It's a collective. So once you try and take that back to one person, the groups don't work. Control or growth, you can't have both. Thank you for that. Moira. Jason, as you begin this process now of um, disengaging from being the go-to guy for all things in the community and become the go-to guy for all things in your whānau, um, I just want to say thank you for your service. Thank you for everything that you've done, the change that you've made, the transformation that you've inspired and the team that you've led. And uh, we are so lucky to have had you and your steady hand through what has been the most difficult, um, I guess, three or four years, really, for this community. Um, and uh, I never take it for granted what I've observed you do. And I know that uh, a lot of people in our community feel that way. So I just want to say thank you and thank you for the work that can, you continue to do. And uh, I look forward to seeing what happens next. Kia ora. Thank you. Thank you. Quite a while, isn't it? <laughs> what are you up to these days? Oh, keeping busy. How about you? Oh, yeah. It's Kevin, isn't it? What you call me? Kevin. Kevin, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John. Mike. Mike! Mike. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how, how are you doing? doing? I haven't seen you for... Oh, how are you doing? doing? I haven't seen you for... Oh, how are you doing? I haven't seen you for... Yeah, it's quite a while, isn't it? Yeah, so what are you up to these days? Oh, keeping busy. How about you? Oh, you know. <laughs> so, uh, where are you living anyway? Well, you'd hardly call it living. I've lost my job. I'm having quite a few emotional problems. Well, Hamilton, Wellington, Palmerston North, Greyland. Well, <laughs> it's nice out there, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how you doing? I haven't seen you for... Oh, how you doing? I haven't seen you for... You're married with a family and everything by now, eh? Oh, no, no way. Not me. <laughs> Still. Only a matter of time, eh? <laughs> nah. Yeah. Hey? <laughs> nah. Yeah. Hey? <laughs> nah. Yeah. Hey? 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 Oh! How you doing?
You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We are broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is The Front Lawn. How are you doing? I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani, and also in Fakatani, we've been joined by Jason Locker. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. Marty Wa. How you doing? I haven't seen you for a How you doing? I haven't seen you for a How you doing? I haven't seen you for a How you doing? This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.